0: Welcome to Mile High Magazine with your hosts, Adam Morgan, Murphy Houston, and Melissa Moore. Mile High Magazine takes a look at the issues and people shaping Colorado, presented by the Public Affairs Department of Bonneville, Denver. Now, here's your host, Melissa Moore,
1: it's Melissa Moore welcome to this Mile High Magazine on this Sunday morning thank you for joining with us today we're going to be talking about the HPV vaccine with Dr. Amanda Dempsey with the University of Colorado Cancer Center investigator and professor of pediatrics at the CU School of Medicine and you're also on the board of the Colorado Children's Immunization Coalition good morning
0: good morning thank you
1: and also Lisa Bay, the American Cancer Society Communications Director good morning to you as well good morning So let's talk kids going back to school, HPV vaccine. What should we know about this vaccine? Let's start out with kind of the basics.
0: Sure. So this is a really important vaccine recommended for adolescents all the way through young adults. It's a vaccine that can prevent certain kinds of cancers related to HPV infection, which are really common. And the vaccine has been around for quite a long time. We've been recommending it for women since 2006 and for men since 2010.
1: And for folks who don't know, HPV, uh, let's
0: talk about what that is and who's susceptible. Yeah. So HPV stands for human papillomavirus, and it's actually a family of over 100 viruses. And among those, there's about 20 or so that can cause cancer and really only just a handful that cause the vast majority of cancer. So um, we know that the cancers that are caused by HPV include cervical cancer. In fact, it's one of the the only reasons that people get cervical cancer. But there are other cancers that can affect men and women um, pretty much equally that are obviously not the cervix um, that are caused by HPV as well.
1: How common is HPV Mm -hmm. in America today?
0: Well, the infection is far more common than HPV-related cancers so we know that about 80% of all adults eventually will have been exposed to HPV infection, gotten it, which means gotten at least one HPV infection in their lifetime. And at any given time, there are millions and millions of Americans currently infected with HPV, around 14 million Americans. And we also know that the vast majority of those infections occur when you're an adolescent or a young adult. So that's why it's really important to get vaccinated prior to that time so that you have protection when you're nearing the time when you might be exposed.
1: Okay, and you said that a lot of people are exposed to it. Mm-hmm. That does it. So not
0: everybody gets it, is that right? So what I meant by that is uh, almost everybody is exposed to it. Almost everybody ends Welcome up getting infected at Magazine. some point. Mile High and Magazine only a small portion of those in the infection to cancer. In but what's difficult is that we have Department no way of predicting of in Denver. any one given person Here's whether or not host, their infection will Murphy be Houston. the time that goes to cancer or if their infection will just go away on its own. And so that's why vaccination is a really important strategy because it takes that decision making away and means that you're just protecting everybody.
1: So if someone does get an HPV infection, Mm -hmm. are there symptoms
0: that they have it or is it sometimes silent? Most of the time it's silent. And that's why we think it's so common and prominent is because people spread it to each other without even knowing that they have it. But it can cause symptoms in some people, and abnormal pap smears are one of the first ways that we learned about HPV. That that impacts women, obviously. But it can cause other things like genital warts and certain cancers of the head and neck, as well as some other genital types of cancers.
1: And is the only way to get HPV through sexual transmission?
0: Well, it doesn't require sexual intercourse. I like to describe it to parents that I see in my clinic as requiring close skin-to-skin contact. Okay, So if you have an area of skin that has the HPV virus on it and it contacts another person's area of skin that's susceptible to getting that virus, you can transmit HPV. It doesn't have to be necessarily through sexual intercourse.
1: And how aware do you feel like teens are of this?
0: Hmm. I think most teenagers at this point have probably heard of the HPV vaccine because they've had friends or family members who have gotten it. But I still think there's a lot of confusion and um, lack of awareness about what HPV actually is and especially how common it is Mm -hmm. about how you don't have to really be doing anything different than any of your friends to be getting exposed to the virus.
1: Right. And that not everybody who's exposed gets it and not everybody gets the cancers that are associated with it. I'm sure, Lisa, that's what you can talk a little bit about are the different cancers that come from HPV. Yeah, definitely. So... You know, the one thing that uh, the American Cancer Society is is supporting is the vaccination. And the main reason is the HPV vaccine can help prevent more than 31,000 cases of cancer every year. So, you know, if we can uh, get more folks vaccinated, we can help prevent more cancer. Um, And it can cause six different types of cancer. So, you know, if we work on getting the vaccine out there more, we can prevent those cancers and hopefully Mm -hmm. find an end to this. Well, and it's
0: interesting, too, because we don't hear very often about a vaccine that prevents cancer. Exactly. That's why this vaccine is so exciting, is we really don't have any other vaccines except for hepatitis B vaccine that is a cancer prevention vaccine. So it's a really uh, amazing opportunity. And if you talk to anybody who has had any of these types of cancers, they all uniformly say, you know, if this vaccine had been around... When I was a youngster, I would have really wanted to have gotten it so that Mm -hmm. I would not have had to go through the stuff that I've gone through with my cancer.
1: So let's talk um, a little bit about the vaccine itself. What age? And I know it's a
0: series of vaccines. Is that correct? That's right. So the HPV vaccine that we use here in the United States is a series of two or three vaccines, depending on when you get started. The recommended age for starting the HPV vaccine is 11 to 12 years old, but you can give it as young as age nine. And some pediatricians and primary care providers just do that as a matter of routine. There's, there's no problem with that at all. It's it's still considered very uh, optimal time to give the vaccine. If you get the first dose of the vaccine before your 15th birthday, that means that you only need to need two doses in total to get the series completed. If you get your first dose of the vaccine, When you're 15 or older, then you need three doses of the vaccine to complete the series. So it's beneficial from that standpoint of getting it done earlier because most kids would prefer to only get two shots rather than getting three.
1: And is there an age cutoff for the HPV vaccine?
0: Yeah, so it it is considered a universal recommendation, meaning that everybody should get it up until age 26 for females and age 21 for males. But the um, the Federal – the Food and Drug Administration just recently approved the vaccine up until age 45. So there's a much higher age limit, although – it's not the same kind of blanket universal recommendation for people who are older than 26. It's okay. more, more based on individual decision making.
1: Okay, okay. That makes sense. And I know there's been controversy out there since the vaccine first kind of came into the front lines. Um, what do you say to the controversy out there where people are afraid to get it because of some of the stories in the news about people who've had adverse reactions?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's easy to see why people would be frightened because there are a lot of media reports that sensationalize some of these, these stories, but the reality is when you look at the science about the safety of the vaccine, it's been so well studied that in fact it's as safe or if not even more safe than a lot of the vaccines that we routinely give our adolescents and young children and don't really have the same concerns about. I think what happened is when the vaccine first came out, because it's related to a infection that can be transmitted sexually. There was a lot of scrutiny about the vaccine because of that reason and a lot of media stories started to be shared through you know the internet and social media and it really raised an alarm where in fact there actually isn't anything there if you look at the actual scientific evidence.
1: Is there any way for folks that are worried about this vaccine is there any way to check to see if they're a good candidate for it to make sure they don't have an adverse reaction?
0: Well, the adverse reactions related to this vaccine are the same adverse reactions related to getting any vaccine, and those are generally a risk of um, an allergic reaction, which is extremely rare. It's less than one out of a million for vaccines. So if you've had vaccines against other things and have been fine, the overall likelihood is that you're going to be just fine getting the HPV vaccine. There's really no contraindications to getting the vaccine except for being pregnant. And the only reason for that is that it just hasn't been studied in pregnant women. It's not that it's thought to be detrimental or unsafe. It's just uh, um, an area that there hasn't been a lot of large-scale studies. Or if you're known to be allergic to one or more of the components of the vaccine, then you shouldn't get it. But those kinds of situations, especially the allergy one, are really, really rare.
1: And if someone has been exposed to the HPV infection... Is it then too late to get the vaccine?
0: No, definitely not. You definitely should still consider it with the same level that you would if you hadn't been exposed to the virus. And the reason for that is that the HPV vaccine that we have right now covers nine different HPV types. And when you look at research studies looking about how often people get HPV infection and which types of infections they get, it's very, very rare That someone will have been exposed to all nine types of the virus that the vaccine can prevent infection with so even if you've had an abnormal pap smear even if you've had cervical cancer even if you've had a positive hpv test or genital warts there's still likely to be a lot of benefit from getting vaccinated
1: and i think that may surprise a lot of people to hear Mm -hmm. they may feel like well once i've been sexually active or once I have been exposed to the HPV virus, I'm kind of
0: done. I There's nothing left to do. And you're saying that's that's not the case. Right. That's absolutely not the case. Um, you can still derive the benefit from the other types of HPV that you haven't been exposed to. And that's what most people are in a category where they haven't been exposed to all of them.
1: And that's where probably something you should really talk to your family doctor about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you're older, above age 26, and you're thinking about getting the vaccine, that's a really good time to have a discussion with your provider about, you know, what are the pros and cons of doing so. But for anybody under the age of 26, I think it's pretty clear that uniform vaccination for everybody is what's recommended.
1: I would say probably will start to be something in conversations where new generation is going to be asking each other if you've had the vaccine.
0: Yeah. In fact, there's um, some, some research that's going on right now looking at whether or not now that we're in an era where a lot of people have been vaccinated as an adolescent, as they age and become older, can we actually change the cervical cancer screening guidelines because mm-hmm. the risk for HPV, especially among vaccinated girls and cervical cancer uh, or precancers is much less now. So I think it, we will, we're starting to see that already a new generation of vaccinated uh, people, especially women for whom we have pap smear screening. It's starting to really impact what we consider just standard health care for those groups.
1: And so we're talking about women, and I know the tests are out there for women. I, I admit, not being a guy, I don't know what kind of testing is out there for for men and HPV.
0: Yeah, there's really not a lot. Um, there are some groups that will do testing for anal HPV and do something that's like an anal pap smear, but that's not really widely available. And that's really the only other cancer for which there are any type of screening programs around. Um, which is, again, why the vaccine is so important. There's no way to screen for oropharyngeal cancer or some of these other genital cancers, and not a great way right now to, to at least uniformly screen for anal cancer, which is one of the cancers caused by HPV. So... Um, the only way you can really detect it in those situations is when you actually have cancer, you can't get it at the precancer stage like you can with cervical cancer. And so vaccination is really the only opportunity to catch these diseases before they turn into cancer.
1: Is there a blood test that can detect HPV or
0: not? So generally the tests that we do to, t- to detect HPV are some kind of swab. So in women, it's often a swab of the cervical cells. And in men, it can be a swab of the cells lining the the anus or the rectum. And those get sent off from molecular testing against all different types of HPV.
1: But you can't just go have your blood drawn and have it checked?
0: No, there's not a blood test available.
1: And Lisa, for folks who want more information about where to get the vaccine, um, where can they go?
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Folks can visit
1: our website at cancer.org slash HPV for more information on the vaccine. And of course, folks can always talk with their healthcare
0: provider too.
1: And is this vaccine covered by health insurance?
0: Yes, it is. Because it's a universally recommended vaccine, it's covered by all insurances up until age 26. And then after that, when you get into the older age group, it's really variable, which is why it's good to have a conversation with your doctor to see if your insurance covers it and if it doesn't kind of weighing up the financial cost versus what you think the benefits would be for you as an individual.
1: Well, Dr. Amanda Dempsey, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And Lisa Bade with the American Cancer Society Communications Director, thank you for being here as well. Thank you. I'm Melissa Moore. This is Mile High Magazine. And for more information, you can always listen again, go to the websites we mentioned, and you can always share this as a podcast just by going right to our